BetMGM has an unreal deal for sports fans in Virginia. Turn $5 into $150 instantly when you place your first wager at BetMGM. Simply download the BetMGM app and sign up using code CHAMPION150. Then, place a $5 wager on any sport. You'll receive $150 in bonus bets, regardless of your wager's outcome. And if you think the fun stops there, the king of sportsbooks has plenty of surprises in store. Check out daily promotions, same game parlays, live bets, and so much more. Download the app in Virginia today and get $150 in bonus bets instantly from your first wager only at BetMGM. BetMGM and GameSense remind you to play responsibly. See BetMGM.com for terms. 21 plus only. Virginia only. New customer offer. Subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Promotional offer not available in Washington, D.C. So I did shots of Mojo and his mom on WrestleMania night, and guys, it was the best thing ever. And I got nothing. Whoopi gets nothing. Why be woken when you can always be broken? Nikki Gallows in a bathroom? Totally awkward. Or totally iconic. We need Cody for president. Hey, every club beats a villain. The Bullet Club single-handedly saved wrestling. Bray Wyatt lives in darkness, and I would follow him into the dark. Rebby Hardy is goals and my spirit animal. Yeah, and that's why you went running drunk down Berman Street screaming her name. We're iconic. Totally iconic. Nikki and Jennifer. We are the queens of the ring. Hi. Hi, guys. Welcome to the post show for All In. Been a crazy last 24 hours. Uh, you tell me. Well, I have been. I've been at the dog vet twice. Uh, missed part of All In. Had to rewatch it this morning. Finish it this morning. So. Yeah, and I'm at my brother's house with his new dog, and I've got um, Faith, which is Alex's daughter, and my brother, and Megan, which is Alex's wife, and everybody's here. And my brother and Alex just went to get beer. So they'll be back, and it is a hot mess. <laughs> but it wouldn't. But you know what? It we wouldn't have it any other way. That might have to be the title. My brother's wife just said this should be the Queens of the Ring post show for All In the Hot Mess Express. That sounds about right. That sounds like it's time about our lives, really. So I'm gonna go in the party. You're going to go to the party? I don't know where this party's happening, but... You want to get on the train? Well, that's nice. Express train. <laughs> oh, no, Seriously, I, we may have to do a YouTube video where just women watch all in because this is some entertaining crap over here. <laughs> this is Sit entertaining. That I've never really watched it and have them watch it. That'd be funny. I know. I may have to have my mom watch it because she's like, I just want to see Kenny. Uh, I don't I don't blame her. Yeah, and she's like, where's Kenny? Where's his little boyfriend? Being adorable. That's what I said. And she's like, why does Kenny's boyfriend have to leave so early? Well, they're all going back to Japan in the That's morning. What I said, 
That's what I said. And she, well, Kenny's, uh, oh, uh, Okada. Kenny's not dating Okada. Ibushi left today. Oh, okay. They had to move their meet and greet because the meet and greet was for today and they had to move it to yesterday. Huh. Yeah, most of them are leaving tomorrow. Yeah, I guess. I know Tomatonga's leaving tomorrow. Yes, he is. Chase is leaving tomorrow. Chase Owens is leaving tomorrow. Yeah, that's right, Faith. Chase is leaving tomorrow to go to Japan. He is. I wish I was going to Japan. That would be fun. I don't know if he's going to eat pizza in Japan, but maybe. He might. He's kind of chubby. He might. <laughs> yeah, he might have a pizza party. Um, yeah, Faith is talking about pizza. And Shawn Michaels. And Seth Rollins. Yeah. Exactly. So, I mean, exactly. Pizza and Shawn Michaels and burn it down with pizza and, yeah. In Japan. In Japan. Do it in Japan. In Japan, yeah. I mean, we've had... There's... Okay. There's different temperatures in Japan. There is. There is. I don't know if it's really hot there. I have no idea. I would think so. Yeah. <laughs> I have no idea. <laughs> She's bringing up really good questions. I don't She's know. bringing up some very good questions about different temperatures in Japan, but we don't know the answer to this question. We don't. I'm just like, that is a very good scientific question that maybe Bill Nye, the science guy, could answer. Or Kenny, but I don't have Kenny's phone. Maybe number. Kenny Omega could answer. But, um... Kenny Omega would be cutting with scissors? Okay. Kenny has money. He'd be, he'd be splashing in the mud and cutting money. Okay. Kenny would be doing that? Or Okada? Kenny. Kenny. It's going to cost money. Okay. I think I might pay to watch that. Uh, yeah, I, it seems like a very, a very strange situation. I'd watch it. A very, very strange situation. So yeah, um, <clears throat> yeah. Oh God! So everybody just came back, and uh, we are. Again, watching All In again. And, uh, yeah. I don't think you could ever watch it enough. I don't think so. I mean, yeah. I might have to bust open a rainbow unicorn uh, energy drink here in a second. Thank you. Thank you, dear. Where's your phone? Are you going to call Okada? No. Uh, we uh, we were talking about before the podcast began and before I called Jennifer, we were talking about uh, Stephen Amell's ring gear. About who? Stephen Amell's ring gear. What about how he looked hot in it? Yeah. He did really good. He did. He did decent for not having a ton of um, time. In the ring. I mean, Cody basically trained him when he came up there for uh, Arrow. So, I mean, that's I think crazy. he's got potential, really. I don't think he could do it all the time. But well, no, but he could, I think. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he could do it if he wanted to. He's got all the connections now. Why are you this he ring does. This 
He's got he all he knows. I mean, he's already in the Bullet Club. Yeah, he's the vigilante. And he's in the vigilante club. Mm-hmm. Like the yeah. club. Yeah, he's got his own club. Yeah. See, that's to edit the video. And I don't think we're editing videos right now, honey. She wants me to edit a video, I guess. All right, we have to record one first. Yeah, we got to finish recording first. Okay. She's very interested in the process. She's very interested. What is this? That means we're talking. She's very interested in the process, guys. I, this could be a future podcaster right here. <laughs> She's very interested. Yeah, very interested. Anyway, um, what we thought about All In, I'm still just like in shock that it's happened. Like, it's still a thing. <coughs> well, it's a thing that happened. Can I just say that like the entrance was with Cody and Nick? were like like gave me like chill bumps like the whole thing was just like oh, oh he's gonna sell you i know like oh and uh, faith is blocking our guest oh no oh no We have a toddler hijacking our podcast. It's kind of funny. Oh, all right. Your opinion is irrelevant, Alex. Jen, I guess our opinion is not irrelevant. Nope. She likes talking to you, I guess. So, but otherwise, yeah. Um, starting at the beginning of all in. I still just can't believe it happened. It was it was like like everybody keeps saying on like social media that it was like a totally different feel and it was it was like a totally different feel compared to anything else. But like like I was saying, like when Cody and Nick both had their entrances, it just felt like old school like what wrestling is supposed to be, as opposed to like all the flashy crap that it is now. And like WWE, I think. Yeah. So it it just seemed weird. It's huh? yeah. I mean, I it seems like for me it feels like there was so much lead up to it, like all in, all in, all in, and then it's like it's happened, and it's we're over. like, and now it's over, and I'm like, now what do we do? We talk like, about do do? it. I know we talk about it, but I'm like, now what we do get we ready for, for next year. What do we look forward to now? Well, maybe there'll be another all in. But it's funny though because um, everybody's like, "Oh, well, you look forward to Hell in a Cell." I'm like, "No, we can't look forward to that." Like, I just I, want to look forward to Becky beating Charlotte's ass. Oh yeah, I do want to look forward to Becky beating beating Charlotte's ass. I mean, that's like literally the only thing. But I, the boycott still could be going. Probably will. But yeah. that guy on um, Twitter is going to make a Bray Wyatt video rap for you. So that's cool. I know. That is cool. Mm-hmm. And uh, we had some. Oh. I shouldn't say that guy. I should find this to be. There's some, there's some live action happening over here. What um, is his name? But yeah, I mean, he's supposed to be making that, that remix of the Bray video. I wasn't crazy <laughs> about his uh, 
been one. It wasn't that great, no. But no, the, the Undisputed Air one was better. We had two. We had that one, and they didn't he have another one. He had Undisputed Air, and he had um, oh, he had Gorillas of Destiny. That one was good. But his name is Josiah Williams. If you guys want to look him up, his handle is J Dean Williams on Twitter, and he's supposed to be making a Bray one because I requested a Bray one, and he said you'll be very happy very soon. Yay! So, apparently, he's going to wrap about Bray, or maybe the Looters of Worlds. I don't know, but it better. All right, so Alex is here. Alex, you're back. <laughs> we put we have put the pre-show up where you were on the end of our pre-show yesterday, but you're back for our post-show. I'm a little more sober. Well, well you, I, I feel like you weren't super drunk when we were doing the pre-show. <laughs> I didn't do a good enough job. <laughs> I thought he had really. I did. There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with being drunk. Dang. I know. <laughs> but where are we starting? We're talking about All In. And you had a lot of opinions. As a wrestler and as a wrestling fan. And um, Well, I, you know, overall, I loved the pay-per-view. All, I mean, there was just a little handful of things that I was kind of like, eh. Um, like I try not to be too critical because I know that, um, the demographic calls for a lot of people with a lot of different tastes in wrestling. So it's fine. But I, for example, was kind of like, I felt like we could have done without the big giant penises walking down the aisle with, I love the whole Joey Ryan spot and him coming out doing his thing, regardless of what I feel about the whole dick spot. Um, I think that that was a fitting moment for what they were doing for the angle, but I just feel like we could have done without the big inflatable penises. They were both penises. Those I didn't. Penises. I did not like it. Yeah, I think we could have done the the entire thing without the ghost penises. It was very weird. Perhaps I was a little overly critical of how do you pronounce Amel or Stephen Amel? Stephen Amel's match. Um, I was actually more upset with Christopher Daniels in one spot of the match than I was with Amel because uh, that spot where he, uh, he rolled onto the table, I feel like we could have we could have gotten through that whole section of the match much better than him just hitting the apron, landing on his feet, randomly rolling onto the table. I would have liked to have seen that different. Um, I know at first I felt like it was kind of an eyesore having him out there doing drop kicks and this and that. And there was some stuff was a little botchy and uh, hard to swallow. But uh, overall, of all the celebrities we've seen try to get into a wrestling ring, I think he he did a pretty notable job of holding his own out there. And I, I guess I can't be too critical of him because he did far better than anybody could have expected for him actually having a legit match. Because, I mean, I – I'd be lying if I said I could remember the one that he had with Cody all the way through, but uh, he didn't do that bad overall. Um, I do. I, I saw Pro Wrestling uh, Illustrated actually t- was on Twitter today talking about the main event being early seeming rushed, which for obvious reasons it was. We watched the show go off the air before they even got, you know, got to celebrate the three count. So. Um, all I, all I know, I'm glad that, that that the show went off the air when it did, and it didn't 
go off the air before the three count because had that three count not happened and they got shut off and got taken off the air, I think a lot of people would have been angry and they would have asked for refunds and it really would have hurt the company and the show financially. And uh, you couldn't really argue with them because everybody wants to see the main event and everybody wants to see the finish. So um, I think Eric was saying that Okada's match went 13 minutes over. It did. It Ooh. went 13 minutes over, and there was supposed to be the big speech at the end where they teased all into double or nothing, and that got cut. They co-botched that, yeah. Hmm. Well. So Okada Marty ran over. Because because your man, Nikki. He's one of them. One of them. One of the five. Yeah. <laughs> Eric and I were having a, a pretty interesting conversation about protecting the business and all that it takes to um, make the sport believable. And we were talking about how many times I watched somebody kick out of it. Ate this pop in again. Um, I love you. Popping, 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 popping. We uh, we were talking. Uh, there was a lot of times where like, I saw people kicking out the package pile drivers on their apron, and I understand why that's appealing to today's younger generation and our audience because their attention spans like that of a gnat. Uh, my problem with it is like it's become such a regularly transitioned move where if you take if you take uh, Jake the Snake Roberts and his DDT back in his prime. That was the most protected move in the business. Nobody kicked out of a DDT. Nobody kicked out of each other's finishers. They were protected for a reason. And now it's like you take the super kick, you know, by Shawn Michaels. How many world titles did he win? How many main events did he win? How many times did he put guys that were seven feet tall down with that kick and win? Now everybody uses it 600 times in a match and it's kicked out of all the time. So that bugs me. Um, And I know Kenny Omega gets away with it a lot. And I'm not – taking anything away from guys like Kenny Omega or anything like that, because I understand for all of his rightful reasons, they regard him as the top wrestler in the world right now. But I, I mentioned to Eric that I feel that with him being the top wrestler in the world, some people are like, well, yeah, he's the top wrestler in the world. He can get away with it. Me on the other hand, I'm like, no, if he's the top wrestler in the world and he's the number one regarded wrestler in the world. It's his responsibility more than anybody else's to protect those parts of the business and not expose it and protect the things that are supposed to make this a combative sport. Um, but I'm a nobody. So that's, that's oh, I think that makes full sense. Well, I will say Kenny's gotten a lot better. Oh, yeah. He uses a super kick maybe once or twice. The young bucks are the ones who do it 26 times. Right. So, and they were a lot lower on the list. Yeah. So, they were. I was surprised how low they were. Uh, well, I mean, listen, and this is a conversation I had with our friend Kaylee. If you took Matt away from Nick or Nick away from Matt, would they be single stars? Nick I mean, would. as big as they were? Nope. I think Nick would. Maybe that's speculation. That, I mean, we don't know. I don't think anybody would buy into them as much as, as people buy into them now as a tag team. And that's well, not no. to, and that's okay. But they know that. Yeah. They know that. They, they're they the first to admit it. Yeah, I mean, 
everybody loved the Hardy Boys as the Hardy Boys. It's not to say that people didn't like Jeff Hardy having his title run or Matt Hardy having his run with Edge and this and that. But everybody, when when I hear people who have not kept up with wrestling in a long time, and I ask what era they did start watching wrestling in, they're like, oh, well, I watched when the Hardy Boys were a big thing. It wasn't like, well, when Jeff was doing his thing. And that was yeah. Right. The Hardy Boys were doing this stuff off the ladders. So it was like, well, that's what makes them memorable. And I don't think there would be much to offer or bring to the table as individual competitors if the Young Bucks weren't attacking. I just don't see that. I feel like the Hardy Boys, at least as sep- two separate entities, at least had something. The Young Bucks may have even less, sadly. Really. Like they've separated the Hardys, they've never really separated the Bucks. And let them yeah. try on their own. I mean, there's literally three singles matches. Three. Yeah. But I don't think they want that. He's face trying to kick you out of the podcast. She's like, you had your turn. She's like, mm, you talked. I want to talk about Shawn Michaels now. That and she tried to totally, uh, she's treating you like Hangman Page and Joey Ryan right now. She's beating you with the phone. <laughs> Oh, we got a mic out. Oops, we pulled. There you go. It was John Michaels about 26 and a half seconds ago. Now it's Stone Cold. I'll take either one as a correct answer, though. Earlier she said uh, she liked Becky Lynch. And then she said burn it down with pizza. Yeah. So I, I feel like Seth Rollins would approve, though. I feel like I shouldn't be held responsible for anything that comes out of my three-year-old's mouth. Uh, well, she is three. Yeah. On the way here, she asked to listen to Eminem's new album. She listened to Kamikaze, and evidently it's her favorites now. So. Oh! Good for you, Faith. I had a good parenting. Good parenting. Good parenting. All right. Yeah. So yeah. the NWA title match. That's what I was going to get to. I hated the ending. What? I hated the ending. You hated the ending. Yes. I mean, I wanted him to win, but I hated. I hated Howard. Oh, I gotta hear this. Why? I just thought the pin was like too easy. Like he literally laid there. Like he didn't even like try to kick, move nothing. He just basically just like laid down. He did. I've watched it over like two or three times. Like I just didn't. Oh gosh. I didn't. I didn't. I'm sorry. Okay. I like the match. The match was great, but I just didn't like the ending. So I'll address the elephant in the room here in a second. But my thoughts on the finish was I understand why you would think that, but that is a uh, it wasn't the pin that I feel like was the sentimental value of the three count. Everybody was waiting for some big crazy finish. Everybody was waiting for some big, crazy, false finish, a kick out, this and that. And the fact that they didn't give them a, a chance and allow that to digest, if you go back and watch the match, which we're watching right now, when that three count happened, you notice how they didn't play Cody Rhodes' theme song? They didn't notice that. You notice how it just stayed poetically silent as far as the production and the sound goes and the lighting goes when it really came down to it. All you heard and all you saw was an entire sold-out arena stand up 
in awe and. What is your favorite wrestler? I'm my favorite wrestler. No. Stone Cold. Oh, good. Well, mine is my favorite Stone Cold. Yeah. Daddy. But uh, I, I get I get you thinking on the finish. Yeah. Um. Yeah, for me, it was more of when you saw it was more the of creating a moment. Yeah. Yeah, it was one of those things where you have to appreciate the moment in its entirety, not just by the pinfall. Help me out here. Um, I, I feel like it was. Sorry, I got a toddler climbing on me like <laughs> in the jungle gym. I'm trying to trying to get this podcast over. Um. She was on before while you were at Circle K. Oh, okay. Yeah. She had her, her moment. Did she bury me? No. Is she any wrestler? No, she actually <laughs> didn't. Yeah. She called you Alex, though. Oh, okay. She oh, called really? you Alex, yes. That's right. I she said, her- Alex is my dad. You broke kayfabe? She broke Ooh, kayfabe. When we get home, kid. When we get <laughs> home. The kid broke kayfabe. The man in black is my dad. <laughs> Um, when that match ended last night, though, um, it was one of those like shock and awe moments. And if you really look back through the history of a lot of NWA matches, a lot of those matches didn't have finishes. A lot of those matches didn't have like one specific move that did it. A lot of times it was a quick, holy shit moment like that. And I feel like sometimes that, sometimes I guess the adrenaline pumped even harder. And a lot of people complained that that wasn't the main event. Myself included at first, I complained about that. But when I really thought about it, I mean, we're, we're 24 hours past it now. I sat and thought about it. I still would have liked to have seen it as the main event. I think it was far more than worthy of a main event, especially with Earl Hebner as your main, as a referee of all play, you know, of all people to um, officiate the match. I do feel like that was an okay place for it to sit in the in regards to the fact that stakes were so high. It was such a historic moment. The fans needed time to digest that. That's true. So the matches that would follow were great. The matches that were to follow um, were up to par, but those were also like cool down moments too, to keep them entertained and keep them in their seats, but they needed to digest the fact that we just saw the NWA title change hands. And that was a big deal. Um, Now the elephant in the room, or are we not talking about that one yet? Are you talking about it? I was going to. Okay, you can talk just, about it. Just more about, like... What? Um, you can talk about them as much so I, as you I, want. It was a sentiment for me, personally, because I've I've been on shows with so many of the guys that I saw walk out there on that pay-per-view last night. All the way from Joey Ryan to Tim Storm. I saw Scorpio Sky, who just kicked me in the face last Sunday. On the Hollywood show, uh, I mean, there, there's so many guys, but it, I don't get emotional about pro wrestling very often anymore because for a long time I thought this was a dying breed. And yesterday totally proved me and so many people wrong. Um, we needed this so bad. It was like rain in a dry state of drought. You know, we needed it. And I feel like because of Cody Rhodes and Nick Aldis specifically, I feel like they took the, the attention of everything WWE has had for decades now and turned the eyes of the whole world to all of us little guys that 
keep the wheels were the spokes on the wheels that keep the wheel and the wagon turning. So I feel like that was so important. I, it brought tear, tears to my eyes and I had goosebumps mm-hmm, I did too. when that happened. And I don't think that, I don't think anybody could have ever foreseen 30 years ago that wrestling was going to look like this. I don't think five years ago, anybody could have foreseen wrestling looking like this, the way it does now. Um, are you crying? No, I'm trying not to yawn. Um, <laughs> I'm so tired. But uh, no, um, it. W- I'm a student of the game. I respect and love and cherish um, old-fashioned wrestling. My favorite things to study are, you know, Luthez, Billy Robinson, Johnny Singh, Fit Finley from World of Sport when he was in his early 20s. That is my study material. And so I respect the lineage of this business and I respect the lineage of, especially of the NWA and the NWA world title. And looking back at, you know, the storied career of Dusty Rhodes and everything that he made that belt mean to this business to watch diamond Dallas page and to watch, you know, all these people that we already knew Dusty Rhodes was good friends with before he passed on walk to the ring with Cody Rhodes. Like, I don't know if you can tell a more sentimental story, but we needed last night to happen. And I, th- I, think, I think the entrances so were very authentic. Like, yeah. you know, it just like that gave me chills when they came out because it seemed like this is how it's supposed to be. It's not supposed to be all like commercialized. It's supposed to be make you feel something instead of like, you know, pyro, whatever, you know. Whether they meant for it to be or not, I feel like this was them tipping the hat to right. the grassroots of getting to become a WWE superstar. And a lot of times that's overlooked. And I had a lot of pride in last night and I had a lot of pride in championship wrestling from Arizona and championship wrestling from Hollywood because I know that they had a hand in what happened last night. Um, I don't know how big of a hand, but I know that they had some parts to play in that because a lot of the guys that were there uh, last night came right out of came right right out of our pocket and um, I appreciated that and I was really proud of that and I was if there was ever a night of wrestling that I've seen in a long time that made me want to work harder as a pro wrestler it was last night and I'm giving props to this one because I've never met a, a female that is so enthralled with wrestling and know what she knows about wrestling and is so compassionate about wrestling like that's that's you are man like that's impressive that i've never met a woman that can hold her own as far as the history of the business and more so the upkeeping of everything that's going on in the business she knows more about what's going on right now than me oh yeah like i get texts every day like this happened this happened i'm like it happened like a minute ago how do you know that? like she's on yeah, top of everything I, I'm like, <laughs> I have my ways <laughs> I have my ways. She's part of the wrestling Illuminati, I'm convinced. I think she is, too. I think she's like the queen. I'm, I'm really... Move, like, move over, Beyonce. She's the queen. I think I think she has a spot in pro wrestling. I think she has a... I think she's got some shoes that she could fill in, in a role in pro wrestling. That would mean something to a lot of people. I think she could be a good contributor to what we do on television. Knowing what she knows, knowing the inside, and uh, knowing how to conduct herself, I think that I think she's got it in. I think that's a lost art too, knowing how to conduct yourself. 
Yeah. You're telling me. Some people don't want to accept themselves. Not being an asshole. Don't be an asshole. Like, it's not Don't be an asshole. Some people will not hurt. Don't intentionally kick people. Like, it's not that hard. Mm, you're gonna get me in trouble talking about this stuff. Not that hard. Like, we'll leave it at that. Not that hard. Not that hard. I still believe in the Bret Hart mentality, and I don't care what anybody thinks, good or bad about Bret Hart. It's not the case. I believe in when you step in that ring, you're you're responsible for the person that's in there with you. Their life is in your hands. And in the ten years that I've been doing this, I have never once allowed anybody to get hurt on my dime and on my watch. I've never been the reason for somebody to not be able to go home to their kids and their wives and their families and function as a father, an employee, a, a husband, or, you know, in a, in a daily life, in a daily routine, I don't ever want to be that guy. And um, unfortunately, not everybody thinks the same because now this strong style is such a prevalent case in pro wrestling, it, whatever. <sighs> I, you know, it's not that I won't work strong style and so I can do it. I just, uh, I believe there's a time and a place, and strong style does not mean dropping somebody on their head, which uh, which brings me back to that package pile driver bullshit. We see so many guys kick out of package pile drivers, but rewind the tape a little bit, and you see 1997 at SummerSlam. We watched Austin get dropped on his head with a shoot pile driver by accident and almost paralyzed him. So now we got guys taking a move that nearly killed and paralyzed a man, and they're kicking out of it like it's just a regular Tuesday night. Right. Doesn't fly with me very well. I don't like that. That that move almost killed a man, and that should be a protected move in this business. The DDT, in my opinion, should still be protected. As a guy knowing what it's like to be dropped on your head, and nearly have a broken neck and have a neck surgery. Um. Yeah. No. When you see a guy get dropped on his head like in a DDT of any fashion, or a pile driver of any fashion, that man shouldn't be getting up. If you're really respecting the combative nature of the sport, you need to protect those moves. And we don't do that anymore. And I, that's, that's our fault. That's our bad. That's, that's our bad. And um, I think we need to start moving away from that because a lot of guys are getting hurt. And a lot of guys are going to get killed doing this stuff later on because after a while, what do you do to top it? Right. When you start doing these 450 pile driver Canadian destroyer things off the top ropes and off the lap, like, yeah. After a while, what do you do to top it before before we move to just bringing a guillotine out and sticking somebody's head in it and dropping the blade? At some point, like we're gonna we're gonna hit the glass ceiling and somebody's gonna lose a life. I think we people need to be more worried about storytelling. Exactly. That's and what he's about. I'll give you an example. In your house, nineteen ninety-seven, uh, Jeff Jarrett and Shawn Michaels did a big match, and I respect the hell out of this match for one reason. They did nothing in it. They did nothing in that match. The only thing that happened in that match was one punch. Jeff Jarrett gave Shawn Michaels a stiff jab to the face. Cowered out, powdered out like a chicken shit the whole match. Couldn't, Shawn couldn't catch him. Shawn couldn't retaliate. Shawn couldn't keep him in the ring long enough to get that punch back. So then when they did a little spot, did a little up and over out of the corner, Finally, at the very end of that match, Jeff Jarrett turned around. Sean finally, after missing six, seven, eight of them, landed one single punch at Jeff Jarrett. Jeff Jarrett had to jump, had to bump one time. And then they did the big spot for the finish. And that crowd blew the lid. I mean, the, the, 
the roof came off the place over a punch. Right. How did we go from that, learning how to elicit emotions from audiences, to damn near having to kill somebody in the ring because we, we have a desensitized audience? Oh, yeah, because you can watch those and nobody says a word. They just sit there. And I'm like, why are you there if you're just going to sit there and do nothing? Like, well, and I feel like as somebody who watched ECW and mm-hmm. Strong Style and all that, it can be done right. It can be done safely. But now you got everybody doing it. And people who aren't trained in doing it. Exactly. But now you have every Joe Schmo off the street saying, hey, I can do strong style. Look at me. Well, yeah. yeah. And 10, 10, 15 years ago, you had every Joe Schmo that watched ECW or got yeah. their hands on the closest thing to a snub film in Japan that they could possibly get. It doesn't take talent. It doesn't take discipline. It doesn't take any kind of skill level to take a cheese grater to somebody's forehead. That's just my opinion. And, and I'm, no, not trying right. to, I'm not taking away anything from the guys like, you know, the Dudleys, like by no means am I disrespecting them or taking away. I'm just saying storytelling is so important to what we're doing. And there's a reason guys like Ric Flair lasted as long as he did in this business. He knew when to bump. He knew why to bump. He knew how to bump. And he knew that he had a reason for everything he did behind it. That's why Ric Flair is who he is and was in this business and always will be. That's why he lasted. He outlasted so many guys that are so much younger than him for that reason. So, you know, it doesn't take a whole lot of skill level, like I was just saying, to take a cheese grater or somebody. I can teach my little sister to do that. But to have a 60-minute Ironman match and have a very um, – well-regarded technical match for 60 minutes and keep every fan at the edge of their seat for 60 minutes. That is a skill level. Not many people know how to do. And Ric Flair did 60 minutes every night. And I mean, we were just talking about Will Ospreay versus Jimmy Havoc. I feel like is a good, I mean, that just happened two weeks ago and with progress. And it was a good with strong style and violence but it still told a story because they have been going back and forth for years. And Jimmy said, this is it. The last time we're done after this. And that right there is like the best storytelling in a match. And right after that, like some people were crying. Now that's how you tell a story. Which is, for me, it's, it's nice to hear that people can say that about Will Osprey because uh, I remember I think it was the Miss Encyclopedia over here probably know better not what was it when him and uh, him and Ricochet did that crazy acrobatic was it in match PWG like, mm, or is it New Japan? No, it was New Japan. It was last year, two years ago. I mean, that two was years ago. Point being, that was a hot button to talk about because a lot of the older generation of wrestlers that are still in the business were flippy like, shit. screw that, that's a bunch of flippy shit that didn't need to happen, and blah, 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 blah. And then you had the other, you had the younger generation defending it, going, well, wrestling's moving in a different generation. This is what we like, this is what we want, and this is what we're going to, we're not going to settle for anything less. So that being a hot button issue, now to hear Will Ospreay to come back and do that kind of match and still work his style and still do his thing and get himself over and do what he does, but be able to please both sides of the fence. I respect that because he didn't have to do that. And sometimes 
I, I know this for a fact. Sometimes you think you're going to go out there and please one specific type of audience, and you go out there and you find out that the audience is a completely different audience than you were expecting to perform for. And things go a little awry, and that's sometimes it's like drawn right down the middle, and sometimes you're – it's like you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. And when you're a guy like Will Ospreay, who is as acrobatic as he is and as agile as he is, guys just like Ricochet, you kind of got to know where to draw the line. And – uh, so to have Will Ospreay come back and do that kind of match and do his, you know, and be able to please everybody across the board, it seems like from what I've been seeing, that's a very respectable thing on Will Ospreay's part because that is a talented guy, in my opinion, mm-hmm. a very talented guy. I, I I would only dream of getting to work with a guy like that. Jimmy Havoc is not, he's not a high flyer. He does no. not fly very often. I mean, he's a big guy. Which is actually yeah. interesting because when you think about it with a guy that's like a brawler, yeah. like a hardcore guy oh, yeah. or stuff, when you put him against a guy that's yeah. a hardcore guy, I love the fact that sometimes you get those high-flying guys that know when to pick the spot yeah. and make it mean the most. Like that, it was crazy. Yep. It's like- Bam Bam Bigelow and RVD. And he's the best example I can provide you of a high-flyer going against a tough guy. Bam Bam Bigelow and Rob Van Dam. And some of, the, some of the high spots and some of the big things that Rob Van Dam did in those matches were the most memorable because but they were in the right spot at the right time for the right reasons. He didn't overdo it. Yeah. No. And there think, are some guys that overdo it. They did everything when it needed, needed to happen. It yeah. wasn't overdone. It wasn't Will doing his usual flippy-dippy shit all the time. It was everything was the way it needed to be. Yeah, we need Eddie Guerrero back. Oh, Eddie Guerrero just made everybody. Yeah. Oh, I just put a damper on it, didn't I? Oh, so sorry. Yeah, we just brought up Eddie Guerrero. God. Well, the only reason I say that is because... Cloud, cloud. Yeah, the only reason I say that is because it makes me think of... Um, I don't think Rey Mysterio would have been a big cruiserweight or a WCW star had Eddie Guerrero not been there to help him shine. That's not a Noctis Bray Mysterio by any means either. I'm just, we're talking in, you know, in terms of character versus high flyer. And in that case, it was character versus high flyer with Eddie Guerrero versus Bray Mysterio. Eddie Guerrero being a, a heat seeking missile as a heel at the time and really just opening the door for the cruiserweights at that time. And then having Bray Mysterio come in as young as he was in his prime and his not so beat up without his. Surgery five times on his left knee. (laughs) You know, I feel like that's another prime example. You know, and then fast forward all these years later to Mysterio. I'm sorry, uh, Van Dam and Bigelow, and then we get all the way to guys like Will Ospreay. Then you have Ray Mysterio last night. Yeah, Wolverine. Wolverine last night with the young guys, his Bandito and Phoenix. Yeah, that was. It's nice to see that Mysterio. Did, we were talking about last night. Mysterio is how old now? He is forty-three years old. Good. God. And he's out there with a twenty-five-year-old, and I think Phoenix is twenty-eight, something like that. So the guy is mid-twenties. <laughs> Megan will have to drag you. With some of the crap I've done. She'll have to get like ropes and just like yeah. pull. By then, I'm sure technology will be far advanced enough. I can just have everything bionic. You'll be a robot. Yeah. You'll just be a robot. I mean, you know, 
It'll be expensive, but you'll be an expensive robot. Right. And I'll be an expensive I'll be the expensive robot as well. So I got a question. I know this doesn't really have anything to do with all in, but I ask a lot of people this because I just I love the spectrum of answers that I get. No right or wrong answer, gun to your head, favorite match of all time. Oh God. Of all time? Let me rephrase that. If there's if you gotta give us a minute. If there was a match that you can watch from the minute your eyes open in the morning, you can watch over and over and over again for a full twenty four hours and not get sick for a second. Gun to your head, what match? Well, I'm thinking of one, but it's more recent. Oh, this one's coming your way too. It's a more recent one, though, and you're not. And I already heard how you feel about this guy last night, whenever we were talking. So, uh, Punk and Cena in Chicago when Punk won the belt. Well, this podcast over. Bye. I I'm, know, kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. No, that's okay. He's gonna hate my answer. Regardless of what I think of CM Punk as a person, love his matches, and I love his work, and I love his. No, I'm not taking anything away from the entertainment. Oh, I know. I was like, like, I remember when that match happened. I literally was standing in front of the TV, like pretty much the whole time. So that just sticks out of my mind, like right away. That that was one of them for sure. No, that's. I've I've heard. I mean, no. <laughs> and I don't I'm like big, Cena. I don't like Cena, but I, it was. I'm a big really fan good. of that match too. And I, regardless of what we think about Cena, that was actually, that was a very respectable performance. That. I don't think any of us thought Cena was capable of right, pulling right. off, so that was great. There's no right or wrong answer here. I'm not going to hate That's your answer. That's just the first one I can think of. You're, you're going to hate my answer. I'm going to hate master. it. The no. other thing was, Why would I say Shockmaster? Uh, if you pick a Lex Luger match, like I, no. we, might, we might have to get off the, the air. The Lex Express was like terrible. What? Yeah, what? exactly. I'm just saying. The hell, I'm, I'm man? Saying, like, there's no... No, no, my problem is like there's so many. I tried like, to go further back, like to older ones. Like, like my problem is I have so many. I know. Like I got like some back. oldies, but goodies. Like they're not my favorites, but like they're oldies, but goodies. I have like three. Okay. I have three. Okay. TLC two at WrestleMania seventeen. Worthy. Worthy. Elimination Chamber from twenty seventeen. I got a question about that. Yes. What do you think about the first Elimination Chamber? 2002, Madison Square Garden Survivor Series. It, it was all right. We were at the second one, Eric and I. The first one, it was all right. I feel like it was okay. For being the first one, it was okay. It, yeah. Like, I thought, I mean, going back and watching it now, I felt like they could have made it highly gimmicky. I mean, obviously, at like 11 years old, I didn't know what highly gimmicky meant. But going back and looking at it now, it could have been highly gimmicky. But 2017 was a good one. It was. It was, yeah, it was 2017. What was your third one? And my third one, Okada Omega 2. Oh. That, I will give you. I'm going to go with three, though. I know three was good. That I was going back and forth between two and three. You know what makes that match so great? Why? In today's world of wrestling, it is so hard to keep the attention span of a wrestling audience mm-hmm. for more than 20, 30 minutes, especially if you're doing it on TV, when you factor in the fact that your live audience is sitting through commercial breaks and all this yada yada and you're still working out there. They went an hour and five minutes and two seconds. Yeah. And I, as a worker, even sat there in my hotel room getting ready to go wrestle a show that night was sitting there watching it on access channel on direct TV 
and that was the day before I think the G1 special or whatever they were doing the marathon. And I was on my, I wasn't even going to make it to the show on time. I wanted to see the end of that match. I was enthralled. It was an emotional roller coaster. Absolutely. And you don't have those lately. Uh-uh. Yeah. My brother's talking. Yeah, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> we can't. We need to have a panel. Yeah, we, we do. Yeah. Eric, get over here. <laughs> oh, God, Eric. That gives me a chance to go get a beer. You want to eat won't you? Eric is coming over. My brother is going to take Alex's spot because I'll Alex sit, needs a beer. Know, We're doing a hot tag. Oh God! Oh, and the crowd pops. The crowd goes wild. Hi, I think everybody knows this. Oh, I think you were on for a moment yesterday on the pre-show. You were on for a hot second. You were. You're on a hot take, and uh, yeah. So, Eric, what is your favorite match of all time? It's got to be for me. Cutting out. Okay. Okay. It's got to be Bret Hart versus Stone Cold WrestleMania 13. Oh. Because that I did so much. Oh, look at you two! You got the same favorite match. Did you just become best friends? Him and I. Yeah. Yeah, totally, man. I'm gonna marry this guy. What the hell is happening over here? I don't know. I'm yeah, so confused. To me, it's gotta be it's gotta be Fred and Steve Austin just because of the story they told in the ring. I mean, obviously the style of it, I mean, you know, being a submission match, you know, it's a little it's definitely a little bit different, but just everything that they set up was it, it just it read it really redefined what you do when you make a character and when you really are trying to establish a top guy. And they pulled off the double switch perfectly. And that's just a great example of telling a story effectively and really elevating two guys. Obviously Brett was kinda, you know, going in a different direction, but being able to, to pull everything off make Austin the new guy. I mean, that, that match is, to my eyes, just perfect. I know this is not highly gimmicky, but I love the final deletion. I don't know if you guys knew that. <laughs> I don't know if y'all knew that, but I love the final deletion. You didn't like that, what was it, House of Horrors or whatever it was called? I Hey, I like the, the Randy, House of Horrors and the match part. I know the acting part was cool. Yeah, that the the house the part movie was part, good, was and then good. they started going to the arena. I'm like, what are they doing? I mean, they're like Bray looked like Playgirl. He looked like Playgirl in that limo. I was like, yeah, that's good. And then he showed up. I'm like, what are you doing? And yeah, they totally botched that big time. Here, so we were just talking about WrestleMania 13. Oh, Brett, uh, Brett Nelson. It's not all Go on. Oh, I'm sorry. Go on. I'm watching Cody cry. Go on. Aw. I think it was great the fact that we had Ken Shamrock, who was at the time legitimately the toughest man in the world and regarded as such, uh, coming from a shoot business, shoot fighting, officiating a match that he 
would not accept anything less than what would look like a shoot fight, and that's exactly what it did. Uh, the blood called. I mean, it was so necessary for that blood, and I don't care what Vince McMahon thought or said about it. That was totally necessary, and it was a good call on Bret Hart's part. And the fact that we had a guy come from a shoot business come in and contribute to the match to look like such a shoot. They had to protect Ken Shamrock. And Ken Shamrock had a reputation to represent and protect at the same time coming into the WWF at the time to have that kind of match. Him being regarded as the toughest man in the world at the time and being a UFC legend and the badass that he was, that was a gamble. Take a guy who wasn't known to be a submission wrestler, such as Stone Cold Steve Austin, and put him against a known submission wrestler. That was a gamble on Ken Shamrock's part, and I think the fact that uh, maybe maybe some people would disagree, but I was let's see what year did that happened in ninety six, ninety seven. I was four years old. <laughs> wow. Uh, yeah. So, and I still to this day, as a four year at, at four years old, I remember I I remember that match like yesterday, and I've watched it a thousand times since, and. To me, that was one of those matches where if you wanted to believe that wrestling was real, that was the match you were going to watch. And what a good time to be broken into the wrestling business to watch wrestling with a fan. Because that looked like a legitimate hatred and a legitimate bloodthirst feud. Those are my favorite. So back to All In. Back to All In. I just watched the pin, Jennifer. The Cody pin. Yeah. I, I didn't have a problem with it. I just didn't have a problem with it. I but then I watched Cody cry and I was just like, well, yeah, I mean, that's all I cared about. But I'm just saying, like, it just seems like, I don't know, the momentum was wrong. I don't know. No. It was weird I don't to me. It. I did. Sorry. Where Cody, you know, obviously they couldn't put away all this. Like, I think people were expecting, like, okay, so he's, they're going to, like, Go on the top rope and do something like Well, no. Exactly. Was so I wasn't cool. expecting it's so, that. So cool. It's so just, you know, he just, he outmaneuvered him, got the turn the roll into the pen, and, you know, a lot of the, a lot of the ways back in the NWA days when it was still a major title, it still is, but, I mean, obviously, it's kind of taken a little bit of a backseat. Well, the finish with that was just totally athleticized, and that and that's respectable on all accounts when you're talking about the NWA championship. And I've heard a lot of people talking about it though on Twitter, but and I don't want to say this on Twitter because I feel like people will just be assholes if I say it. But um, and they're probably gonna give me shit for saying it on the podcast. But I don't care at this point. It's my podcast. Get off my show if you don't like it. Um, I think they're used to the WWE. Right. What things, how things are done. It's like, oh, they're going to hit the 450 splash or they're going to hit the. Yeah. Roman's going to hit the Superman punch. Oh, and then, yeah. Like, I don't know. I, that. I totally get that. I just. Yeah. And I know you get that, but I think other people don't get that. Oh, no. Because they've been conditioned to. To believe at something to, else. to think that or like John Cena hit five AAs. Yeah, yeah. It used to be that he hit one to the regulars. <laughs> you were terrible. You were terrible. That was a bad joke on yourself. Well, the good thing is I couldn't hear it, so I don't think they did either. Yeah. I mean, at least you have yourself deprecating. I mean, 
Yeah, I mean, I we didn't say it. It's joking about AA. Oh. Yeah. yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, so all in. Eric, I'm a little upset that uh, Marty lost. I, I don't have a problem with Marty losing. I think that if you're looking at as far as, far as pure predictability on the card, I think that this will probably unfortunately boil down to the fact that Omega, uh, Okada is still still very much new. what a new fan of guys. I mean, it's not like, you know, it's on their show. I mean, they probably could have had him go over. But, I mean, when you have people <laughs> so invested in this show and you have one of their top guys out there and he's in the match, I mean, I think it's just they have never watched the promo package for... Look at that famous dick out. wrestler. Look at him. Try to stay focused here. Yeah, he's anyway, a famous but, dick wrestler, though. How can you stay focused? You're a professional. <laughs> completely. Was easily the best wrestler for several several years. Yeah, quite a lot of time. I don't know the exact reason. I mean, to have gone so long with him and to have really answered the bell against so far. I mean, Marty's Marty stock is going to really skyrocket, and I think that you know, even if even if he did lose, I mean, he looked like a million bucks out there. My poor villain. Okada's a fucking numpty. Flags, flags, and air, ear hair is stuck on his claw. Oh no! Oh my god, he's stuck. Mm. Oh we have god. dog issues as well over here. I have to go so. get the scissors. Hold on, <laughs> keep talking. Okay, um, so Jen's gonna. He's doing okay. Yeah. A pee hole problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so now we're gonna talk about um. The famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan, and how we might meet famous dick wrestler Joey Ryan in less than a week. Yeah, yeah so I guess he's coming out here to Phoenix and he's gonna be doing a show. So maybe we can hear about uh, being hear a ghost. The, yeah, being about a ghost, and obviously, he's, he's, uh, resurrection, the res erection yeah. of himself, and uh, see how the afterlife was. But yeah. um, I see if he ran into Adam Cole. Oh yeah, we gotta we gotta yeah. talk about all the people that being the elite have killed off Masa, on their show. He could have Masa. Mm -hmm. Masa was they just showed Masa and that Olin. is fat ass Masa. Oh, not we're talking. Masa. Oh, okay, all right. Masa died. Gotcha. But, yeah, Joy Ryan. I mean, you know, obviously he made a name for himself with his unique dick. unique style of of matches and his, his comedy matches, but I mean. You know he's gotten a he's really gotten a lot of exposure with on being the elite, and you know obviously he's not a part of the elite, but um, I think that just having that ridiculous post match party, Drew Drew Dicks coming ghost out. Ghost Dicks is what the term is. The ghost dicks. I okay. don't the ghost see what Jim Cornette has to say about this. I yeah. They, they, you do realize we're gonna see him in less than a week. Does that mean the ghost sticks are coming with him, or, or no? I don't know, but I know lots of guys have ghosted. Just saying. They're probably going to repackage Hangman. He's going to be naked Hangman now. I mean, if Hangman's naked all the time, that's going to be awkward. 
coming out the naked mini and he's gonna Oh uh, well Jennifer he's gonna be, he's gonna Jennifer likes that idea that hangman will be naked all the time. Have him naked with the news. Joey Ryan shows up with his dick army. Yes, I'm gonna change with with the mass of dicks. This is a really awkward conversation. Probably the most awkward one we've ever had on this podcast. I don't know. We talk about dicks. <laughs> we do. But uh, I'm still going to ask. I think like maybe like Sonny would be. Yeah. Whoops. Oops. No, I'm just kidding. No, I mean, I don't really care. I mean, I'm just excited to have him here. Uh, he's a good dude. I, I love having him around. Uh, he's a good guy. And he's a <laughs> – I've seen him. You just saw him on, on All In last night, and he's so entertaining. But, like, it's not like on any other show where there's not many eyes on the show or anything like that. Like, the dial doesn't get turned down with Joey Ryan ever. And I respect that about him. Whether you like the, the, the dick spot or you're for or against it is not the point. He just doesn't – he doesn't turn that entertainment dial down ever. And, that, and I love that about him. I watched him wrestle Jack Jameson the last time he was down here at our show. And whether I liked some of the spots or not, it was so entertaining. And there was a lot of good laughs in it. And it was it was highly worth the money coming to see Joe Ryan. And Joey Ryan, it's going to be like that again this week. And I will be there to try to meet Joey Ryan. You'll meet Joey Ryan. Yay! Yay! Because I've never met Joey Ryan. Or seen Joey Ryan. I've, I've met Candace. I've never met Joey. Yay. Now, the interesting question is, have people just met Joey Ryan's dick and not met Joey Ryan? Or hmm. how does that work? I mean, Don't ask me, man. Don't ask me. All right. I mean, do, that is a whole other conversation for a whole other day. Like, how does a meet and greet like that work? Like, I meet Joey Well, the maybe they do, like, a Joey plaster. What? Where I, my brother just asked, is there, like, can you meet and greet just Joey's dick and not Joey? Well, yeah, kind of like, you know, have to cut a hole in a wall. Oh, it's like a glory hole situation. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Okay. Well, then, um, there's a toddler. So we're going to stop this conversation. I think it does. Uh, Randy Orton is probably going to join him. That's a oh, yeah. That is a hot tag team. That is a hot tag team. What do you think, Alex? Would that be an over tag team? Randy Orton and Joey Ryan. Dicks of glory. I want to vomit. The Viper, <laughs> the I Viper see, Club. I can see Jim Cornette going into cardiac arrest. <laughs> <laughs> Jim Cornette would pass out. He would be at the heart attack grill when he found out. <laughs> and then have a heart attack. And I would laugh. You know, he went to the heart really sad. That would be very sad, actually. I do not wish that, but he he would probably have a conniption. It would be really bad. Right. I mean, and we all watch, we watch the Bella and Hangman match. I mean, I guess we we could probably talk about the actual match. Can we talk about Penelope Ford? Can we talk about how retarded it looks when Joey Janela runs? Yes. Let's talk about. Penelope Ford and Joey Janela, shall we? Penelope was awesome. So, we all love Penelope Ford, is that correct? Okay, the gentleman here. Um, Eric says he she is an attractive lady. She is. Alex, 
better meet my dick than what I can hear that. What your wife is sitting right there. This is what did he say? I couldn't hear. You would have to pay for it like a meet and greet. <laughs> what did he, pay the rent, damn it. he would like Penelope so, Ford to have a meet and greet with his um, his dick. If I was gonna pick somebody, I wouldn't pick her, but she's all right. I know I wouldn't pick her. No, no. She's not in my top five. No. No. She's not even in my top five of lady crushes either. So we remember that spot where like he did like the thing with Danzig or whatever, like off the see the roof of that building and he crashed through the table or the bed of the truck with the light bulbs. Remember that? Barely. What? Exactly. It was like the craziest thing we've ever seen, dumbest thing I've ever seen in my life, but that's how Joey, Joey Janela kind of got famous in the wrestling world. Because it was like during the time of the backyard wrestling bullshit. Um, he was like in a like a white noise like Seamus used to do and like dove off the roof of a building. They landed in the bed of a truck full of light tubes and shit like that. Look it up. It's like. That sounds familiar. I don't, I personally, I don't know. It may have been. I'll be honest, I have not been a big Joey Janela fan. Yeah. A lot, so. I saw, we saw him at the Progress show back at WrestleMania weekend, but that's, I'm not a big Joey Janela fan. Well, anyway, a lot of people that would probably recognize that video or recall seeing it, or maybe just big fun, you know, like, I will say that it's, it's respectable in the sense that he can uh, he can have a match with when he does now, or like he did all in. Excuse me, I'm very little sleep. Um, and like, comparatively speaking to the like stuff like him diving off the roof and stuff like that into a bed of a pickup truck with light tubes, and that was like a 50 foot fall or whatever. Um, what he did last night was, in my opinion, very minimal, and it still got over like a million bucks. So that's pretty. Impressive on Joey Janela's part because I feel like him getting away from what he was doing to what he's doing now, not by a whole lot, will probably add some longevity to his career rather than cut it short. Well, I think she helped him. Big time. Yeah. I mean, Penelope helped a lot. Yeah. She did. Well, that's good. I mean, more than the WWE would let their women ever do anything. Well, we're talking about yeah. Tom, like, take that move onto the ladder when the ladder was like between the barrel and the ring. Like, those are still really dangerous things to do, but Nothing. in comparison, he's not falling 50 feet from the, the roof of a building into a, a metal truck. So, oh, speak of the devil. Here he goes. But, but So, like, basically, like, that is like patty cake in comparison to some of the crazy, like, life-threatening things that Joey Janela has been known to do. So, now that he's moved away from that, I feel like... And maybe this is just my personal preference talking. I feel like I can take him a little more seriously now as an independent wrestler, especially seeing as well as he did last night at All In. I have a lot of respect for the guy. Um, I'm just glad to see that he's able to take that death-defying characteristic that he has been known for all these years and then put it into something that matters so much and can, has such a large contribution to such a big show like All In and some of the other independent shows he's done recently. Well, and he even said at the weigh-in for All In that he wants his show, the spring break, because he puts on Joey Janela's spring break. Yeah. He wants to do 10,000 people. 
says Olin can do 10,000 people. So he's, I think he's trying to clean himself up a little bit, make himself a little more palatable for everybody. Not so much that crazy hardcore CCW, ECW kind of crowd. Well, that's palpable. Yeah. And they said his last one actually wasn't as insane as his previous ones. Got a lot of talk in the in the Twitter wrestling universe. Yeah. Uh, this is just this is just maybe like a, a, a wild guess, but I think a lot of it had to do with the fact that Joey Ryan's ordeal had a lot to do with the match as far as the phone and the boots and the, the yeah. big almost like propaganda for Joey Ryan prior to that, I feel like maybe gave the match a reason to be toned down a little bit because the story was more told around the trash bag with the phone and boots in it rather than what crazy stunt Joey Janela was going to pull off. Now that he didn't pull off any because we just watched him get dropped headfirst on a ladder from the top rope or from the apron. So I feel like, you know, <clears throat> maybe Joey Janela's stunt tactics probably took a back seat to the actual story that revolved around Joey Ryan's return and that's okay because I, I would have rather have had it that way anyways. I mean also I think a lot of Joey Janela's matches don't have a story. And then but the, exactly this was it because the Bucks and being the elite gave him a story. Because on being the elite they had him come on there for weeks now and tell a story with hangman so i think this is the exception where he actually got to go tell a story unlike everything else where it's just like hey what's joey Janela gonna do next is he gonna go jump head first into a bed of tacks on a dump truck i i think he can start moving he's at a crossroads not even so much. I feel like he's, you know, at this juncture of his career, I feel like he can he has, he can start moving away from that. <clears throat> we look at Mick Foley, a guy who was known for landing in thumbtacks and barbed wire and C4 or whatever in Japan death matches with Terry Funk. And he was the guy that was known to land on concrete floors and what have you. All the way years later, he got known for being the guy that pulled a sock out of the tights, and it was like the most over thing the guy was doing at that time. So Joey Janela has put his time in, in the wrestling business doing those things. I feel like now would be the time to dress him up, put him in front of a camera, and let him tell the with a character and save his body because that's – I feel like that's going to be important to Joey Janela later on because he's already picking up a lot of – uh, momentum as a character and as a, and as a pro wrestler. So I, I mean, just, you know, put the steamroller behind him as far as the young bucks and the, the bullet club, like put that behind him as momentum and save him as a human being right now, because he's already done everything he needs to do. Oh God, to show there he's, he's, running. A psychopath, he's running. So. He's running. <laughs> Gross. He's a terrible runner. <laughs> He does not know how to run. Um, but also, I feel like maybe before he didn't think that something like this, I mean, he had his spring break. He has a spring break every WrestleMania, and he has it a couple times a year. Um, I feel like maybe he thought that a 10,000 people event on an indie wrestling platform could never happen. 
And I think maybe All In has given him a little bit of, hey, if I get my crap together and start to work towards something a little more palatable for the masses, I can, because the past three months, he has cleaned himself up a little bit. So maybe he's moving that way of, hey, maybe I can make this spring break thing something. I mean, maybe that's what he's doing. No position to say that we can't sell out another arena for 2,000 people. <clears throat> After last night, I mean, who knows? I mean, if you'd asked me five years ago if that was going to happen with the exception of me doing it, absolutely not. Last night proved a lot of people wrong. So, and me of all people, I'm hoping this, this steamroll of events keeps happening because, like I said before, like I said earlier, we needed last night to happen. So, if Joey Janela can contribute to that and make this happen again in his own little version, like more power to him. I he's got my full support. I love that. Yeah, and it helps everybody too. It's not yeah. just top helping the top one percent in the world of EC3. It's helping everybody. I mean not exactly not in direct correlation, obviously, yeah. but in the long run, yeah, everybody gets a piece of the pie because I think I think now, especially with last night, society as, as a whole, for people who aren't privy to what we do as, as a sport in, in this industry, like people might look at us and take us seriously in the sense that we are not, we are athletes that do incredible things. And I'm not saying the WWE doesn't, doesn't provoke that thought process. I'm just simply saying that you know, there are a lot of things in pro wrestling that make it hard to be enthralled with and make it hard to suspend your disbelief. So, um, and I'm not saying that there aren't things in the independent circuit that do that itself, because when you have a segment of talking cowboy boots, you know, like and that. And ghost penises. And ghost penises. Yeah, I mean, not knocking it, because I know from, there's a, a chunk of people who like that stuff, but the people who have never seen wrestling before or aren't very up to date with what's going on in wrestling and they just happen to turn the channel onto pro wrestling of any sort and go, wow, that's what they're doing now? Like, glad I stopped watching that. I don't want that to happen. And I'm not saying that Joey Ryan would be to blame for that, but it sure is a contributing factor. Yeah. And also it does help as well because if, I mean, on WGN, which was zero hour which we didn't get to watch <laughs> but that's at 77 million households and they got to see Scorpio Sky and Frankie Kazarian against Briscoes yep. and the over the budget battle royal which I mean not just so good and now that SCU thing is Really over. Yeah. Um, I like it. I mean, he's not a president. Like he's just such a, um, an approachable guy. He's a very, uh, like, he's not one of those big timer guys. Like, he just walks in, like, hey, guys, like, good to see you again. I'm here. You know, like, like, he's just one of the guys. He's part of the group and, like, he treats it So he's respectable in that sense. But watching him in the ring is just like, man, he is talented. He's, He's he's a he's a guy that like it's hard to get tired of watching Scorpio Sky, you know. And 
in today's world, I mean, where wrestling can kind of seem repetitive in a lot of senses, like how many super kicks did you match? How many super kicks did you show? You kept count. Uh, no, they did. They <laughs> okay. had a ring, it was say. a Ring of Honor match, and they had a counter on the screen, and a Young Bucks match. It was twenty six. Every time, and every time there was one, the crowd just chanted "Super Kick Parlay." Twenty-six yeah. super, super kicks. kicks. Yeah, Twenty-five too many. Okay. Jen, what do you think? I can hear like half of what's going on. So. Okay, I'm sorry. Well, there's twenty-five. Now you tell us. Yeah, now you tell us. Well, you guys were talking back and forth, and I wouldn't stop it. So. Thanks. 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 I kept lot. doing like this. Actually, I thought you were looking at me. Really, I could not see you. Yeah, I kept going. Huh. I couldn't see you. I'll edit it. Okay. I'm a master at editing. Believe me, her dog will bark. I have to edit that stuff. It's true. All right. Really One, last question. One last question. So everybody didn't get to see this, but they put it on Twitter. Cody mentioned going double or nothing. And Cody is pretty much hinting that he's not going to sign for the WWE. He's not. Going I don't think he really hinted. I don't think. No yeah. Yeah. And I don't think, it, from what they were saying, if Cody doesn't go, then the Young Bucks and Hangman and Marty and Kenny and everybody aren't going. Nobody's gone. Well, so, when I met him in Atlanta, he said he had no desire to go back. But I meant, like, his contract's up. Right. The talk's there, obviously. The talk is there. Could they do double or nothing? So they could do 20,000. If that's sold out in 29 minutes, yeah. I think after last night, with the breath of fresh air that we witnessed last night and that experience, I think people are going to salivate even just a perpetuated thought of having. I want to go. And, and I shouldn't say, why should Cody Rhodes sign back to the WWE? That would be stupid. Not because I think it would be career, but I like what he's doing right now is such a contributing factor to what is going on in the wrestling business. On top of that, he's still making a pretty comfortable living doing it. Why ruin that? And he's got why creative control. There's no, there's no reason to do that. He gets to do his own thing, his own way, and he gets to walk away doing what. He wants to do and there there is no eye in the sky kind of overseeing what he's doing with the exception of you know billy corgan you know having his hand in the, the title team there's, there's no reason for him i mean to be all in though. and there's joe cough and obviously the guys with new japan for ring you know new japan and ring of honor but i think with cody being who he is they don't really care what he does at this point um but yeah, I mean, at this point, if for them to go back to the WWE would be stupid. At this point, like, if anything, if anything, I could see a mass exodus <laughs> happening sometime soon, especially with Hawk slash Neville going back. Yeah, I was surprised that you know, and then you have Jericho showing up, which we didn't even talk about Jericho. Jericho 
Like he appeared it all in, and then he flew somewhere and put on a concert. To Kansas, yeah, and still had his makeup on and sang Judas right when he came out, which is his theme song. Yep. Now that that is a star right there. He's what we aspire to be. I will not even entertain the argument of CM Punk being the best in the world. Well, I don't think CM Punk even says he's the best in the world anymore. Because Jericho has been the best in the world. Agreed. Not only that, but now he's got a crazy ass amazing theme song that he sang on his own. Good, it's good. I know. I want to go on the damn cruise too. That you know what they're having, right? They're having Ring of Honor versus Impact on night one. Night one, and then on like night two or three is Jericho versus Kenny. Here's my question though: Have you ever been on a cruise ship? Like, where is there enough room for that? Even like the theaters? I don't. Get I don't it. know, but I want to be there. I want to be there too. I'm just trying to figure out how they're even gonna do it. Like, I don't know, but wherever it's happening, I want to be there. Well, I do too. Like, I, I did know. I not say months and months and months ago? Let's go on the cruise. Yeah. Whoever loses has to jump in the ocean. That's fine. Why aren't we on this boat? Because we because we went to New Orleans. That's why. Yeah. Yeah. Next year. Next year. Next year. You know what? Here's the thing: is either we go to DragCon or Jericho Cruise. DragCon. I know. And then, or, and then double nothing. Or or we uh you know we just uh try to try to you know budget our money really 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 well and go to yeah, both. I'm a broke bitch. I can't do all that. They have payment plans for the Jericho cruise, supposedly. Huh. Payment plans. You can do it on easy pay. <laughs> can finance the cruise, you know. All right, Alex, are you gonna come say goodbye to everybody? Ooh, look at him. He's got that baby oil. Look at him. He's oiling up. Guys, next week I will we'll record next Sunday. That way I can tell you everybody what it's like to meet Joey Ryan. Yeah. And if he smells good. I've heard he smells good. Does he smell good? Joey Ryan. I don't Well, okay. Well, he's photographer approved. That, but Jennifer and I, anytime we meet a wrestler, we have to know if he smells good. That's a thing. Mm-hmm. Let me tell you, Bray Wyatt smelled really good. I don't know if I've really met any of this actually smelled bad. Mojo smelled good. He did. He did. I you know, know we haven't met anybody good. who's probably bad. Trent Seven. Well, we didn't really meet him. I, I know. Really smell him because he was a dick. His attitude was terrible. Trent Seven and Tyler Bates. If they come here, can you punch him in the dick for me? They're assholes. They're assholes. I'll tell you the story when we're off here. <laughs> Sandman? Sandman's a total asshole. I've never met him, but he looks like he would be. Yeah, he presents himself. He as looks well. like he would be though, and I've heard he is. Yeah, maybe you should have bought him some beer and some like a carton of cigarettes. Maybe he would have liked you. Oh, uh, well, maybe you maybe it's because you were 12. 
Well, maybe it's because you were 12 and it's Sandman. Yeah, I mean, if maybe you were 21. Oh, uh, Randy Orton supposedly does the same thing. So, I mean, yeah. Well, Alex, do you, would you like to say goodbye to the the people? I'm sure you'll be on again soon. You, but you, it, it was entertaining. It was substance. We, it was a lot more substance than we usually have on here because usually we just talk about bulges and Finn Balor's pants. <laughs> yes, tell me you don't see it. It's there. It's, it's out there. I'm sorry. Wow. I sat in section 106 and I saw it. So he puts it out there. It's like he puts it out the there. Demons. The demon has a dick. Yeah, the proposition, and this is this is nothing said. But either before my AZ100 match, which I would love to talk about on the podcast. We could do that once the mic works. What I want is a Big Lip Radio merge with Queens of the Ring podcast. Have us all sit in panel and just talk wrestling. Hype AZ100 or even just Championship Wrestling from Arizona. All as a whole. Because I truly believe in this company. They've treated me very well. And because of that, I work very hard for them. And I treat them as well as I can as well. They follow me on Instagram now. They are a badass company, and I will say that our producers are some of some of the most uh, noble gentlemen I've actually ever worked for in, in the wrestling business. That between Mick Greenwood and Peter Atwood, so I'm just I'm thrilled to call them friends and be able to work for them. But I think we need to have that happen because uh, Big Lip Radio is one of our sponsors and our only sponsor at the moment, and. Uh, He's a he's a hell of a podcast host, as are you. So I think it would be kind of nice to have both you guys sitting and you know jaw jacking back and forth about wrestling because um, for a guy his age, he knows anything and everything about wrestling. And for a female who is only half his age, I'm pretty impressed. And we I'm can always talk down about Blackjack Mulligan versus Andre the Giant. <laughs> yeah, I fucking love you. <laughs> yeah, we'll talk about that. Jen, Jen had not no that you're partial or anything. Not that I'm partial. No. Being extra. What? I'm being extra? No, this is just how I am. Literally, if you listen to our episodes, I'm, this is Jen is. It, this is just how Where I am. Were you when I was 15? Um, liking wrestling in my. I don't have a basement. In my room. I know. My brother liked it though. I had him. I said we were we only had each other when it came to wrestling. Yeah. And then Jen. Then I had Jen. They just thought we were wrestling. And now I got Jen to be weird with. Yeah, everybody thinks we're weird. Well, that probably explains the the many injuries and concussions. Fourteen months. 14 years old is my first live match. That would do it. This was a really cool moment. We did not talk about that moment either. There's so many things we didn't talk about. I know. It's, it's a lot. Like Lanny Poffo? Lanny Poffo came out. Lanny Poffo! We didn't talk about Flip either. Flip was in and Lanny Poffo was there? It's Lanny fucking Poffo, man. My friend Andrew met Lanny Poffo at the airport. I forgot to tell you. He was leaving Chicago today. Met him at the airport. He said he was really cool. 
I might ask him if I could jack the photo so I could put it on our Instagram because you know what? Cool moment. Yeah. I mean, he, it, my friend Andrew's an NWO fan, but he's like, is Lanny fucking Bravo? I'm going to meet him. Right? I just, I, uh, man, like, I just, I watch Kate <laughs> Lethal do Macho Man Randy Savage gimmick and it just like blows me away because I've never seen anybody be able to pull it off like that in my life. I could oh. watch him do it all day and I, I, I would be entertained every minute. Like, I, he, he might as well just make, just be like 2.0 version Macho Man all day long for the rest of his career and I'd be happy with it. Well, and to have Lanny Poffo come out with them. <laughs> Which is like a total like obvious vouch. Yeah, and per, uh, permissibility as, as far as like, hey, we're okay with this and you do a great job. Like, you have our blessing. That's To me, that's big. My hat's off to Jay Lethal. Hey. All right, guys. So until next week when I meet Joey Ryan and I watch this it's guy. September 8th. Isn't that right, Faith? September 8th. I hope you do. And if you don't, I might just like throw something in the crowd. Here. Hit him in the face. Faith, can you say September 8th? Shit, she's not saying. You want to say, okay, Faith's going to say goodbye, guys. You want to say bye? You want to say bye? No, Faith does not want to say goodbye. She is tired. She is sleepy. She's a so sleepy talk. Yeah. I am sleepy as well. Jen is three hours ahead, so it's midnight there. Where is she? She's in Atlanta. Hey, is there any good wrestling than WWA for? There's some. I don't I don't ever get to go to anything. But yeah, there's I could there's some, yeah. Like local stuff, yeah. But I don't know much about them. She's gonna get he's gonna get a champion toy. It, you know what? I I think Ring of Honor. I don't think WWE. Ring of Honor. Ring of Honor. What do you think? Or New Japan. Daddy's a superhero. Daddy's a superhero. All right. There you go, Faith. Oh, and she just chopped him in the face. All right. Well, that is a. Oh, oh, God. That was more like a punch, not a chop. There is a match happening over here. Don't chop his, oh, jeez, she just got him in the eyeballs. She's learning young, that's all. That is illegal in most matches, honey. Faith. You know what? She's going to be Charlotte Flair one day. We could say we had our first interview. True, you could. When we're old. Oh, God. Oh, God. He's going to get another concussion if you keep doing that. Oh God! That was, oh God! That was strong style. She just got him right in the eyeball. All right, well, guys, uh, with that, um, Alex is getting hit in the eyeball, and uh, we're gonna go. So until I meet Joey Ryan next week, and Jen gets all of gets all of the news on how that goes. Yeah, about the penis. I'm interested. Faith, can you say September 8th, please? <laughs> she did it! Yay! She did it. I will tweet that promo when it's out so you all understand what I'm talking about. Anyway, 
until next week where it's not so hectic. And All In was amazing. Right, Jen? It was very amazing. Well, until next week, guys. Bye. Bye.